Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So great to have you on board on this beautiful Friday, the 26th of March, 2021. And as we bring another week to a close, and we look forward to the weekend, I just wanted to record a message today, which is all about focusing on what you can control. And it's a very relevant message to me because some stuff happened yesterday that was completely beyond my control, uh, but had the capacity to completely take me off track and cause uh, no end of uh, grief, anxiety, and every other emotion under the sun. And it's a really great example because as, as a leadership coach, somebody who specializes in, I guess, teaching teams and certainly teaching leaders and especially sales leaders on how to take full responsibility for absolutely everything that happens, including things that are beyond your control. It was a great lesson to bring this home yesterday and I've got to say, I was tested. I was really tested on what happened yesterday because uh, some things did happen uh, that were beyond my control, which had the capacity to severely affect uh, my mindset and therefore what I was there to do yesterday. So as the story goes, I was uh, I was asked to go down. I was doing some work for a great Australian company, a uh, company by the name of Elders, and I was flying down to Launceston in the beautiful state of Tasmania to deliver a, an afternoon workshop slash conference for the Elders Group in Tasmania. And if the guys at Elders are listening to this, I want to uh, thank you for your hospitality. To Shane, Lara, James, Curtis and the team, absolutely loved spending time with you down in Tassie uh, yesterday. And I especially like the, the beautiful cool beer at the end of the day and the and the dinner we had last night before I flew back to Melbourne. But um, it was great to meet you guys, and it was great to work with such a such a um, a great team, such an engaging team, and such a down to earth team. So elders are doing phenomenal things, not just in Tasmania, but around the country. It was an absolute privilege to work with them. But what happened was, I uh, I needed to get a flight from Melbourne down to Tasmania, and my flight was due to uh, take off at about eight twenty five a.m. That would give me a couple of hours to uh, get down to Tassie, get prepared, and ready to deliver. Hopefully, what would have been a valuable workshop for the team uh, in the afternoon. So anyway, the uh, the plane didn't take off until that eight forty. There was some uh, there were some issues with the plane, some engineering issues they talk about. Uh, I won't necessarily tell you the uh, the airline, but one of the airlines here in Australia that are quite well known. So we finally take off, and thankfully the the flight to Tassie is probably I think the actual flight t- time is under an hour, so maybe forty five minutes, fifty minutes, whatever the case might be. So it was a very smooth flight over the over Bass Strait, and we're heading into Launceston. And the captain comes over the the PA and says, uh, "Cabin crew, prepare for landing," which they uh, studiously did. So we're all getting prepared to land. So the plane was coming down, and then all of a sudden, I noticed and felt that the nose of the plane started to dip upwards. And I'm thinking, well, that's a bit strange. That's that's unusual. Because normally it comes down in a fairly even uh, even spread and even keel, and it lands nice and smoothly to a stop. And so the next thing I feel is the pilot accelerating and we started to go up again. I'm thinking to myself, wow, maybe there's a huge amount of traffic, air traffic in and around Launceston right now. But I thought well, that doesn't make sense because Launceston 
is a, is a great city, but it's not necessarily a bustling city in terms of the number of airplanes that would come in at once. And so we started to go up and he kept going up and all of a sudden we're going through the clouds again and he comes on the PA and says, uh, oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got a slight engineering issue similar to the one we had in Melbourne. We've just been instructed to head back to Melbourne because if we landed in Launceston, we couldn't take off again. So I think we've now we've now gone back to Melbourne. So, oh my God, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to be in Launceston by 12.30. What's going to happen? How am I going to be doing this? And the first thought that came to my mind was, oh my God, what the hell is this organization doing, right? It, it was all about me. That was my first inclination and it was just a, a reaction to the situation. And there are other people in the plane as well that were actually getting quite irate, quite anxious because people had to be in Launceston for specific reasons. There were some that didn't because they just, hey, we're just going for a holiday, so it's all good. We'll just go later, whatever the case might be. But um, I asked the, I asked one of the stewardesses as they come past, and I said, "What, what's actually going on? What are we, what are we, what are we doing?" And she goes, "Oh, we've been instructed to go back to Melbourne. Uh, they don't know what the problem is, but we don't have the people in Tasmania to fix the problem. Hence, we have to go back to Melbourne." And so the first thought I had was, oh my God, what's going to happen to my ability to get to Tasmania and how am I going to get around this? And I started to blame uh, the airline, the air hostesses, the pilots, the people on the ground in Melbourne who didn't obviously fix the plane in the first place. And then I thought, well, this is absolutely ridiculous. There is nothing I can do to control this situation. And by the way, there's probably nothing the pilots can do to deal with this situation. It is just one of those things that happen. And so I thought to myself, well, actually, it's going to be really, really easy to make a complaint here, to get really upset, to get really uptight, to get really anxious, uh, to get really angry. But what's that going to serve? It's going to serve no purpose because the people who we're dealing with on this particular plane, it was not their fault. They had no control over it. And they were as much in the dark as probably we were as passengers. So I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I have control over here? What can I do right now? that's going to help me best deal with this particular situation. So what was really interesting was I started to think about, okay, who do I need to call? What sort of strategies do I need to put in place? What sort of alternative plans do we need to put in place so that we can get a solution to a problem? Because I then realized, hey, I talk all the time about leaders having and maintaining an attitude and a mindset of there's always a solution to every problem. So I thought to myself, hey, Darren, how about you actually take your own advice and apply that in this situation? Because I realized also it's very easy to have a conversation with another person where you're not necessarily involved in their particular predicament or their situation and provide them with some insights, provide them with some frameworks. It's another thing entirely to be able to apply that same method of thinking in the own predicament and the own set of circumstances that you're experiencing. And so I said, hey, time to take your medicine, dude. So I did. I And I had a really good conversation with the hostesses, and when we land, landed back in Melbourne, I just went up to one of them towards the back of the plane because um, we were waiting on the tarmac until we could get into a gate, and I, I said to her, has this, has this ever happened to you before? And she goes, no, no, this is my very first flight. I'm now fully qualified as a air stewardess or whatever they call them, air hostess or customer service manager, whatever it is. And she said, this is my very first flight. And I said, what a fantastic initiation, dealing with all these different types of people that have all their own uh, challenges and wanting to get back to Tasmania. And I said, wait, well, hey, it's nothing, it's, it's not within your control. This this stuff happens. And that's the whole point. Stuff happens. It's how we deal with what happens that gives us the opportunity to do something about it and control what we can control based on taking responsibility for everything that happened. So we get back into the terminal and I make a phone call 
uh, to my contact at Elders, and uh, Adrian was very gracious, and um, I said, mate, uh, I'm uh, I'm stuck in Melbourne. I'm still in Melbourne. I'm supposed to be in, in uh, Launceston right now. And he goes, oh, what's going to happen? I said, I'm not quite sure. There's another plane they're trying to organize, but I don't know where when it's when it's going to arrive or what time we're going to take off so is there any flexibility we have in terms of the agenda for this afternoon and i've got to say that these guys were just phenomenal and they were able to bring forward a couple of things and they were able to feel the space that i was going to say start at 12 30 until i got there so they're able to do some other things which still mean meant that they could have a meaningful time together as a as a group so the, the second plane didn't take off until midday, and it meant that we would arrive in, I think we arrived in Launceston at about oh, quarter past, 20 past one. And uh, the other thing that happened, and this is this was another test, and I always I always say this, funnily enough, things ha- tend to happen in threes. So the first thing is, I well, I went to Tasmania twice yesterday. I only landed once in Tasmania, but I went to Tasmania twice. Had two lots of uh, morning tea, which was great, so I didn't eat until the, <laughs> the rest of the day until dinner last night but um things happened in three so the first one was we got turned back then when we got back the second time we landed on the on the tarmac and we were about to get out of the plane and then the captain comes on and announced again uh sorry ladies and gentlemen we've got another slight delay we've just been told that there is only one set of stairs within the launceston airport and therefore uh, it's currently being used by another plane so we're going to have to wait a little bit longer uh, and a bit more patience before we get off the plane. So that was that was the second thing that happened. So I thought, okay, that's fine. We got through that, got out there, went through the the welcoming committee within Tasmania. Had to get the uh, the QR codes with the COVID safe practices and the the head um, temperature checks and all that sort of stuff. Get outside the airport and thinking, oh, there'll just be there'll be a taxi right out the front of the airport, and I'll just jump in a taxi and get to the function, and we can get on with it. And hopefully, I've only lost about an hour in terms of. Uh, in terms of time, and uh, I get outside of, I get outside of the uh, of the airport, and there was no taxis. There was no taxis at all. It was literally, it was a ghost town. And there was one lady standing there, thinking, "Oh, are there any taxis?" And this was her first time ever in Tasmania. And there was another bloke standing next to who I think who happened to be connected to the group of taxis, or or might have been a uh, like a chaperone for taxi drivers. I didn't have anything official on, but he said, oh, look, all the taxis seem to have just left. <laughs> They're all around Launceston at the moment. There should be some some coming shortly. So long story short, <clears throat> managed to get a taxi. And this lovely lady, we uh, we shared a taxi uh, back into Launceston. She dropped me off at where I needed to go. She was going on to the hotel and meeting her sister. And uh, I finally got into the room at about uh, quarter to two and were able to kick off around two o'clock. Uh, but the fourth thing that happened is we couldn't get the technology to work either. So it's it, it was just one of those days yesterday where everything that could go wrong potentially did go wrong. But every single one of those things was beyond my control. And it would have been very easy and also very tempting to get really angry, uptight, and all the negative things that I, I see others do. And I've got to say, I have been uh, guilty of doing in the past. And there were little elements that came out yesterday but through the training, through the, I guess, the self-reflection and all the work that I've done on myself and with mentors, good people around me, I've actually learned to understand that, you know what, it doesn't matter what happens to you. It's taking responsibility for absolutely everything that happens to you and then being in the position where you've got the power to then be able to choose how you then respond to that situation. So what ended up as being a challenging morning, I finally got there and I must say again that the guys at Elders were just sensational. I really love spending time with them. 
and we talked about all things relationship sales, uh, relationships with a purpose. We did some cool work around uh, what they're doing in their particular business and hopefully I left them with some seeds of value that they can take away and continue to use as they continue to grow and expand in the Tasmanian market. So um, so the key message for today, guys, is this, and that is stuff is going to happen. The proverbial is going to hit the fan and probably is going to hit the fan when you least need it and specifically when you least expect it. But when it does happen, and know that it will, and it's not about expecting it to happen, just know that it will, or not wishing it for happen, know that it's gonna happen, but at that particular moment, I call that the moment of truth, that in that moment of truth, you have a choice. You can either choose to respond to that particular situation, which gives you a little bit more uh, avenue to be more proactive, and therefore control the responses, and therefore have better outcomes in place. It's not gonna always work, but there's better opportunities to then respond in a way that's going to get a better outcome, or we can choose to react to the situation and literally give all of our power away to the external event, which, by the way, we have absolutely no control over. But taking responsibility is one of the key lessons, and it's it's, it's something, it's, it's amazing how these things play out, where life throws things at you, situations are placed in front of you, obstacles are placed in front of you, and sometimes people are placed in front of you to teach you something, and it was a, one of those fantastic lessons yesterday. So as we wrap up, just think about what's happening in your world in this week. Uh, if it hasn't happened this week, something will happen that you're not going to expect, that you're probably not going to be prepared for. But when that does happen, know that you do have a choice. And first of all, take responsibility for that. But also secondly, have a choice in, in terms of how you choose to respond. And when you've got that, you've got the opportunity to move forward in the most proactive way that's going to deliver a better result for you. But also think about the example that you're setting your team through doing that that piece of action, taking that affirmative action. So a great lesson, uh, great lesson for me to finish the week, the week off, and hopefully it's a great lesson for you as well. Hopefully that's of value to you and your team. And uh, hey, as a reminder, if you'd like to work together one on one and you'd like to take your leadership to the next level, take it to the exceptional level, and you want to focus on something that you do have 100% control over, then I'd love to work with you one-on-one. Simply go to my calendar, you know the drill, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, and we'll jump on a call and have a conversation about what that program looks like for you, and we can get ready and rolling as soon as next week. So look forward to having that conversation and helping you taking your leadership to that exceptional sales leader level. So with that said, hope you have a very relaxing, reflecting weekend or a re-energizing weekend, and uh, next week being Easter. For most of it, it's going to be a shorter week, so uh, we're going to have to pack a lot more into the four days of work week next week. So with that, have a fantastic weekend. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.